Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Beth, how are you? Good morning, Don. How are you? Doing great. So take me through you know, your last piece um, in which you are evaluating what's happening and, and your headline here, your latest column, Upper Darby, Middle school students are more likely to be chronically absent than proficient in math. And you've done a deep dive here, and you've investigated this, and you have all the numbers and all the percentages. Can you take us through what you found? Sure. Well, some of your readers or listeners may remember that last month I did a deep dive on Upper Darby High School looking at the very poor results there with proficiency in reading and math and looking at chronic absenteeism, looking at behavioral incidents. And so that really triggered me wanting to look further down. So this article really focuses on the two middle schools in Upper Darby, Beverly Hills and Drexel Hill Middle School, looking at their proficiency rates in reading and in math, but also similar comparisons looking at chronic absenteeism and also behavioral incidents. And, you know, I shouldn't be surprised when I look at these numbers, but it is always so sobering when you see a school district that has so many children who are so far from being proficient in basic skills. And and we're not talking about advanced. We're talking about proficient in basic skills like reading and math. Uh, Both Drexel Hill and Beverly Hills kids are significantly below the statewide average. And let me say this caveat, the statewide averages aren't anything great either. I mean, when we look at last year's test results, just over 50% of kids in the Commonwealth at the middle school level were proficient in English and in math just 38% of middle school students were proficient in math. So the bar is already really low when we look across the the state to see our proficiency rates. But then you look at um, Upper Upper Darby Middle Schools, and they're significantly worse. And what is even more depressing is that the minority students, particularly black students, are significantly below the statewide average, and also the school-wide average. And so what I talk about in this article is that Upper Darby, like many, actually like most, probably all school districts, particularly in southeastern Pennsylvania, but really across the Commonwealth, 
all have these diversity, equity, and inclusion plans. Most of them came about about five years ago, around 2018, 2019. And they talked about all these things that they need to be doing to help make sure that minority students are given equal opportunities and, and get to the same point as the rest of the students in the school. And so I was curious, Upper Darby implemented this plan five years ago, spent resources and time. They have received, there, there's no benefit from this plan. There's, there's no outcomes. They weren't even really measuring outcomes. Their, their plan focused on, you know, hiring teachers that were the same color as the students, um, providing equitable opportunities, but there were no outcomes that said as a result of this five-year plan and the resources that we're putting into it, we expect to see a 10% increase in proficiency rates for you know, certain minority students. There's nothing like that. Um, and so the point of my article was really to raise these issues that Upper Darby School District, and not just Upper Darby, but there are, there are many, many school districts in the area that are struggling. And I'm going to be writing more articles highlighting you know, how this is happening across the region. But Upper Darby has this equity plan, and it's clearly not, it's clearly not working. Um, I did a comparison to an adjacent school district, Springfield School District, which is literally right next to Upper Darby. It's middle school, Richardson Middle School, is five or six miles from Beverly Hills and Drexel Hill, and their outcomes are significantly better, mm -hmm. not just school-wide, but for their minority and economically disadvantaged students. So the question becomes, why is a district like Springfield doing so much better academically than a district like Upper Darby. And so that's really the question that I'm, I'm grappling with. And it's a complex one. It's never one single thing. But I do believe that if districts want to focus on equity, if they really believe that the right thing to do, and I believe the right thing to do, is to make sure that all students have the same access and opportunities and skills to succeed, then that is what equity is. And it's just not what's happening right now. I think we're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked to we talked to you, Beth and Rossica, and we appreciate you being here today about, you know, your ongoing advocacy as a PhD in education. You've dedicated your career to really advocating on behalf of especially at-risk children and families. And this is your skill set, which is why uh, Broad and Liberty great site, asked you to cover their, cover, be their, you know, Bureau Chief of Educational Issues in our region. And you can contact Beth at barossica at broadandliberty.com, by the way. But, you know, what's your, so I know that you're going through it and we want to look at all of these different numbers, but what does this tell you as far as why one school and you're, you're even looking among the, the let's say, minority students and because if people don't know, this is, um, you know, let's say Drexel Hill area. This is Delaware County, and this is an area that borders West Philadelphia. So to put it in perspective, I will say if, if we did a comparison, let's say, of public schools in West Philadelphia versus the, some of the schools you're talking about in Delco, the schools in Delco are doing much better than, uh, than the Philadelphia public schools. But then you're even looking among the different middle schools? Why is it in that one school as far as the other? Are you looking at issues 
And I know you look at equity measures, but also what about parenting, things like parent involvement? Well, it's interesting that you raise that question, Dawn, because I am reading a book right now called The Two-Parent Privilege, and I'm just making my way through it now, but I, I plan to write about this later on down the road, and that is something that I do want to drill down and look into because the book that I'm reading now, This Two-Parent Privilege, talks about the disparity in outcomes for children who are in a two-parent home versus those who are not in a two-parent home. And there's, a, you know, there's a lot of detail around it, the difference between, you know, a suburban family who starts off being married and then become divorced versus um, somebody that has a, a woman that has a child, but they never, you know, marry the partner, the father of the, of the child. So there's a lot to drill down into, but that is something that I do think that we need to look at because, I do spend a lot of time being critical of our local public school systems, but there is also a fair point that our public school systems can't do everything. They're not the cure-all. They only have so many resources. They only can do so much. So there are some societal factors, some community factors, some family factors that mm-hmm. definitely come into play. I mean, I remember last year the superintendent McGarry from um, Upper Darby put out a plea to parents, like, listen, your kids are out of control. You've got to deal with their behaviors at home as well. So this is not just the schools are failing. This is really a bigger societal issue. And that's really what I plan to drill down into, you know, over the next couple of months and looking at all of these issues. Yeah, because, you know, I will say, and even with you combine post pandemic, you combine, you know, all of the mental health issues and that's why I love that you're you're so fair, Bethann, as you look at it to say this is complex and we and we need to look at all of it. But I I just wonder if, you know, this year for example, we see the city of Philadelphia and as many uh corporations getting rid of these so-called, you know, DEI positions, moving away from that kind of thing. Our schools moving away from some of the, the focus on those issues and, and maybe not even I, because of a philosophical be- belief, but because they're realizing in education what you're saying that, hey, we've got to really just focus on the basics and not allow any, any of us teachers, administrators, it was more administrators to get distracted by other issues. Well, I don't think we're quite there yet. I mean, I think we're just seeing the beginnings of this in corporate America, and typically education lags behind And in terms of making those types of changes. There's a lot of pressure from the teachers' unions, from the NEA and the AFT that control a lot of what happens in our public schools, and so they are very, very much married to this progressive agenda. And so it is going to take a longer time to see a moving away from these types of plans and metrics and really focusing more on the academic outcomes and metrics, because that's always what my issue is. I give any school district credit for putting together a thoughtful plan that they think might work, because you never know. You ultimately don't know 100% what's going to be effective and what's not going to be effective. But if you have a good plan, you have metrics to measure that plan and to review the data 
as you implement it so that if something is not working, then you measure it, you know it's not working, and then you say, okay, we tried this, it didn't work, we're abandoning it, and we're going to do something else. In education, we're very slow sometimes to abandon those well-intentioned plans, and that's really what I think these DEI plans are. They are well-intentioned. I don't believe that the majority of districts who have implemented equity plans had insidious agendas behind them. I think that they truly felt like they needed to help our low income and some of our minority students who weren't getting the same outcomes as other kids. But five years in and we're not seeing the results, it's time to take a hard look and say, okay, this isn't working. So what is it that we need to be doing? And that's really why I'm trying to raise awareness on these issues, Mm -hmm. because I think it's time, well past time, for us to really look at all of the issues. It is complex, Mm -hmm. but we've got to drill down on these to be able to determine what it is we need to be doing. I would propose, and I quote John McWhorter, the Columbia professor and scholar, who wrote the book, Woke Racism. I talk about this all the time. This book had such a significant impact on me because his issue, his thought on how we combat racism, one part of that is very simple. We make sure that every minority children child can read and write proficiently. Mm -hmm. That is one of the single most equalizers to ensure that minority students are not fraught in a racist society because they're on an equal footing. And so to me, at the elementary school, we maybe we do nothing else. If we have proficiency rates like we do at Upper Darby, maybe K through three, all we do is reading instruction all day long. And we make sure that every kid leaves elementary school proficient in reading. And I think that it's going to take bold changes um, to be able to address this very complex problem. And that's just one piece of it. There, there are many pieces. I have another article coming out probably next week that talks about the impact of higher education and policies in higher education and how that's impacting teacher preparation programs and whether teachers are actually prepared to come into the classroom to actually teach kids how to read and write. So it is a multifaceted issue that's going to require a lot of time and a lot of energy. And I really think an overhaul of our complete education system. Yeah, I agree. I will I will say that, you know, and you have a lot of numbers. I encourage everybody to look at, uh, take a look at broadandliberty.com. It's a great, it's a great article, a lot of research, and you obviously spent a tremendous amount of time detailing all of this, Beth and Rossica. But, you know, I look at the proficient proficiency rates, but then some of the, the rates of absenteeism in in yes. some of these middle schools is, wow. Uh, the one number that stuck out to me was uh, Drexel Hill versus Beverly Hills. This is the chronic absenteeism rates. This is Upper Darby Middle Schools overall. Those numbers are unbelievable. And I will say that this is not just this area. We've seen a, a absenteeism, truancy is a huge problem Absolutely. across yep. the board. So it's, I'm, we're not picking on, you know, one county or this is, I no, think this no, is emblematic. This, this is a, this is a, right. This is an epidemic yeah. across the country right now that chronic absentee r- rates have skyrocketed. And we have seen this as a result of the extended school closures. We lost kids. They never came back. It's not a big deal to miss school. But I was also, Dawn, surprised 
at the middle school chronic absenteeism rates. I mean, and both Drexel Hill and Beverly Hills saw significant increases in chronic absenteeism from 2021 to 2022 to 2223. I mean, Beverly Hills last year had a 38% chronic absenteeism rate. You cannot learn if you're not in the seat. You cannot learn if you are not in school receiving instruction. So there is a significant correlation between absenteeism and proficiency, because if you're not there, you can't benefit from the instruction that's happening. Yeah, and I think, you know, whether you're an expert in education or whether you're a parent or grandparent, you know that middle school is so key to catching these issues. Because if they're not addressed in middle school, once these kids get to high school age... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I think to roll this back and and fix it is it's an it's it's really an impossible mission. And so I think you're, you are correct to look at the middle school layer level and say, um, we've got to make the change now. And because these kids a year, two years, three years from now, it's going to be too late. It has to be immediate. Am I right here? Oh, I, I absolutely think so. I mean, I think that when we look at the big picture of the middle schools, and again, I'm picking on Upper Darby because that's what I wrote about, but you look at the chronic absenteeism, you look at the low proficiency, and you look at the behavioral incidents. I mean, Beverly Hills Middle School last year had almost 600 out-of-school suspensions. That's an inordinate number of kids being on suspension for behavioral incidents. They had 17 weapon possession incidents in a middle school. I mean, those numbers should be terrifying to parents that, you know, there were 17 different incidents of children having weapons in school at Beverly Hills Middle School last year. So, I mean, the fact that you're more likely to be chronically absent than you are proficient in math is a really, really strong statement. And I think that parents really do have to pay attention to what's happening and really work with the school to to change this trajectory. 
Um, because it, what you're right, once they get through middle school not attending regularly, I mean, they're not going to all of a sudden start attending school <laughs> in high school. And that's what we saw. I mean, yeah. we saw the numbers in high school, you know, looking really, really poor. Um, you know, I, I want to drill down next on the elementary schools because, again, if, if kids don't leave elementary school reading proficiency, proficiently, the likelihood that they're actually going to learn to read in middle and high school is very, very low. And so that's why we, we, we have to, in my opinion, put our resources into the elementary school to make sure that kids are leaving elementary school proficient in reading, because if not, the likelihood that they're going to learn to read is very, very low. And Beth Ann, what would you say to somebody, to that person who's listening right now who says, hey, wait a minute, you know, um, you're describing all these problems and it's and they'll maybe they'll point to, I don't know, a failure by the educational system or the failure with parenting. But ultimately, as, as somebody who is, you know, Dr. Beth Ann Roscoe with a Ph.D. in education, somebody who, you know, has a lot of skin in the game, so to speak. I mean, you you battled you battled districts that were shutting down during covid and you ultimately predicted that some of this would happen but as far as our society and being a key within society for prosperity and the success of not just those students, but for all of us, you know, can you zoom out a moment and look at the big picture and what this means for all of us? Well, I, I mean, I think that the future is very frightening to me when you look at what's happening in schools across the country and, and in southeastern Pennsylvania, because part of what's happening is the haves and have-nots are getting further and further apart. I think that our middle class is collapsing, and we have people at the high end and people at the low end. And I think that our educational outcomes are showing that. You look at a district like Springfield where the kids are way above the statewide average, and yet just a couple miles away, the kids are significantly below. And we see even in good districts, parents pulling their kids because they're not happy with whatever political agenda is happening. Homeschool numbers are skyrocketing. Private school numbers are skyrocketing. Charter numbers. Parents are parents who have resources and have the education to know what their options are. Thank you. BroadenLiberty.com, the epidemic happening right now in education locally. We'll continue the conversation. Beth Ann Rossica, thank you so much. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 